Want to know about the best wineries to visit in central Otago and the best ways to get there? Well, then keep listening as we take you on a wine hopper experience through this picturesque wine region of New Zealand. There are many ways to explore the region, including the wine hopper tour, private tours, and of course, bike and e-bike tours. We share the details on all of these different ways to get around the region. Come with us as we visit one tavern and seven very different vineyards and cellar doors, which all have a unique way of sharing their wines with visitors. One of the cellar doors asked you to take a flight of fancy quiz to see which of the five different wine tastings is perfect for you. That was so much fun. Other vineyards we visited were in a rustic horse stables. One is featured in a famous TV show. Another is a converted church. We had a wine tasting in the largest wine cave in New Zealand, enjoyed a prize-winning glamorous cellar door with the cutest little outdoor wine tasting cubby houses. We even tasted wine from the most southern cellar door in the world with a connection to Captain Cook, and we marvelled at the stunning views at each venue. The places we visited may have very different cellar doors and vineyards, but the one thing they have in common is their fabulous wine. Stay listening to the end where we tell you how you can visit two of the most well-known and prize-winning wineries in central Otago without driving, being on a tour or riding a bike and walking, and it only costs $2. So grab a glass, sit back and enjoy episode 79, all about the stunning central Otago wine region. If you would like to see all the pictures of these vineyards and cellar doors, plus links to their websites and the tours that we talk about, then go to the podcast description on the player you're now listening on and click on the link to episode 79. Hey, hospitality enthusiasts. Are you part of the vibrant worlds of travel, wineries, restaurants, tourism or distilleries? Imagine showcasing your unique business on our podcast, this podcast you're listening to now. Picture an episode dedicated to your story, business and the magic of your region. We're all about sharing extraordinary tales with our listeners Whether you're crafting exceptional spirits, curating culinary delights, guiding travellers, running a tourism venture or creating fine wines or anything in between, we want to hear from you. Let's explore what makes your spot and story stand out. If you're excited to share the magic of your business, get in touch. Click the link in the podcast description or you can email me, leanne, L-E-A-N-N-E at beachtravelwine.com. Let's spotlight what makes your business exceptional so we can't wait to hear your incredible story. Well, here we are, Lyle, on our, one of our favourite things to do, yes? Yes. Morning, Miss World. How are you? Yeah, Great. finally, our favourite day has arrived. Today we're going on a wine tasting tour. Yes, we are. Uh, and typical of Queenstown tourism, yes. there's lots of choice of tour operators. There's a variety of novel ways to do the wine tours and they think of everything. Yeah, so we're, as I said in the intro, we're in the central Otago region, uh, which is has one of the, the most southern uh, wine regions in the world. See? And uh, we get, we're doing um, one wine tour that we did, and then we're going to talk about a couple of other wineries that we went to and, and spent a bit of time there as well. So quite, quite a bit of info in today's episode. But why don't you, um, yeah, like, so as you said, there's a few different ways that you can see, yeah, do yeah. the tours. So. Yeah. so it's, look, it's only about a 30-minute drive from um, downtown Queenstown to Gibston Valley, uh, which is really in the heart of central Otago. Uh, you could self-drive. Yeah. But have, why? Have, well, 
we're not party poopers. We're not, we're not self-driving. We're, we're going there to have a good time. Yeah. Uh, there's plenty of operators that do private tours or you may prefer to meet some new friends on a small group tour. Yeah. Now, I'm going to put some links to the, tour, the tours that we're talking about um, and I'll put the link to the one that we did, which we'll talk a bit more about in a little while. But there, there's a lot of bike tours. That's what you sort of are a bit fascinated sure. with. Like, sure, for sure. someone who doesn't like riding bikes. <laughs> Yeah, I, like when you say fascinated, I think that's probably pushing it a bit. I uh, I was, uh, yeah, they do them. I wasn't fascinated. I thought, why would you do that? Like, how could you carry the bottles, like, on the bike? Like, anyway, that's just me. Well, but the yeah, look, bus, yeah. yeah, look, there's, there's, there, there's also, um, you can do combo tours. Yeah, okay. Which so, I, I reckon is F- fabulous. Well, so you, you go can, and do a wine tour and you, then yeah, you can do. You get pissed bu- and then jump off a bungee. Bungee, yeah, exactly. Far you can out. do that. You can um, do a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, okay, I mean, like, I'm up for that. Can, all all sorts of stuff like that. So I thought that was uh, pretty cool. So if you only got one day, yeah, you can do the jet boating. Right. So you go and ha- go, yeah, do the jet boating and then go and do some have a nice pin on wire somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Well, yeah, you want to do idea. that. You'd want to do, do the first. jet boating first. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, or you may choose to catch the Gibson Valley Shuttle from mm. downtown Queenstown, this shuttle bus, two to three times daily to Gibson Valley Winery where you can hire the bike. Okay. So cool. Um, mm. Now, the Gibson River Wine Trail meanders past dozens or of um, cellar doors and other attractions lining the Gibson Valley. It's around nine kilometres of flat, easy riding from end to end. Okay, so what I was talking about there is because there's different tracks the one that one the nine kilometer one is starts at gibston valley winery you can get the shuttle bus from queenstown as you said and you go to the winery and then um you you hire your bike there and there is a nine kilometer loop so it starts um and does a loop around and at any stage you can stop and that someone will come and pick you up if yeah you yeah want. so bike tour <clears throat> operators will also collect you from other points <clears throat> along the trail so you don't have to do the full there and back thing you and can they, also go for a walk between the wineries as well and on, using that particular sure. wine trail and there's also e-bikes if you are you know if you're a bit lazy like us Look, the, the, uh, I, one of the things, and I've got, we've still got the wine map here and the wine trail map. Mm. Look, they're really easy, understandable. Yeah. Um, they've got lots of uh, really great information. And the good thing about this wine area, is, you know, especially this part of it, is all the wineries are so close. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not not having to go kilometres and long time between them. You can walk between some of them. Yes, but, we but we chose... <laughs> mm. The Wine Hopper. It's a hop on and hop off style. It's the first time we've ever actually done it. Um, it look, it was fabulous. Yeah, we, well, we did it because it's a bit of a cheaper option, and we'd been, you know, like earlier in the in the trip, we'd been to some um, other wineries that we thought that a lot of the tours include. So we, yeah, we decided we we'd do this one, and uh, I think Andrew was our yeah, yep. Andrew Andrew gave us uh, top tasting tips yep. on the journey out to Gibston, some general information, a history of Central Otago and its regions. The big advantage of this style is that you can linger as long as you want at your favourite spots and enjoy walks between cellar doors for a breath of fresh air. Then simply hop back on the bus again as it passes various pickup points yeah so as we were going out um we get a map and, and he's like these are the wineries that we can include today <clears throat> and 
you can choose which ones, you know, and he suggests maybe four, maybe five, because that's the time you've got. And uh, it doesn't matter where everyone else is going, he'll just drop you and he'll say, and he'll give you a time and he'll be back. So he gives you about 45 minutes and, and um, Andrew says, if you want longer, uh, just text me and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll give you a bit more time or if you, you had enough just and I'll come and get you a bit earlier, you know, and fits it in with everyone else. So it's very flexible that way. Um, I'd say it was perfect. Yeah, but I guess he knows that you need about the 45 minutes to an hour just yeah. to do the tastings. And, yeah, so he gives you some suggestions and, it, yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Now, some people wanted to start at Aratown, which is like a little town uh, which has like a few little wine bars there and then, you know, he just drops you where you want to go. So we... well, it was quite funny because if, if you, the thing that sort of surprised me is during the whole of the, the wine tour, we never saw anybody else that was on the bus no. until we actually were going home. Yeah. So it was so convenient. Well, and there was there was us and then there was a, a family with two younger kids. So, you know, Andrew was able to say, well, these, these wineries actually have, uh, activities and and things that keep kids you know a bit more fun for the, the kids as well so yeah. you know like the he also knows exactly so you're not stuck to the one schedule so it was great I thought I thought he did a, a really good job but before we uh, and I said I'll put the link to that tour that we did or the wine hopper in in the show notes so just go to the podcast player on in the in the show description and there'll be a link to this episode which is episode 79 so do you want to tell us a little bit about the history of um, Central Otago Yeah, this wine is... Uh, and, and also the regions, because, sorry, we're talking about Central Otago. Yeah. It's not a big region, but there are some sub-regions in, in that, isn't it? Yeah, right, and well. then... Uh, so Andrew gave us this information mm. on our way out to the uh, to okay. Gibston Valley. In 1864, the first grapes were planted in Central Otago and made into wine by Frenchman John Desiree. Farad. Mm. Do you like that? Yeah, I do. Okay. Coming from a winemaking family, he made his fortune in the Dustin Gold Rush of 1862 and quickly recognised the region's outstanding potential for grape growing, which was affirmed by the region's first gold medal for Burgundy in Sydney in 1881. However, fruit plantings dominated until renewed interest and commitment by the 1970s. Central Otago winemaking pioneers whose dreams become reality with the first modern commercial production of a Central Otago wine in 1987. Rapid growth of the industry through the 1990s and 2000s has seen the Central Otago wine growing region expand to an area of 2,000 hectares or 4,942 acres with over 100 brands producing approximately 700,000 cases of Central Otago wine annually. Central Otago is the southernmost vineyards in the world. That's cool. Yeah, so that's mm. at uh, 45 degrees mm. uh, uh, south lat uh, latitude. Pinot Noir is 81% of Central Otago's planning, is only 3% of wine production of New Zealand, and New Zealand produces less than 1% of the world's wine production. Mm. And yet it, it's known worldwide. That's, that yeah. says something about it, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I got this quote from actually um, Elizabeth Snyder's uh, Wine for uh, Normal, Normal people. people. This is challenging viticulture. It's extreme climate. With extreme climate, there's extreme payoffs. Because you have a number of soil types, each sub-region is going 
to have really well-drained soils. With this, you have lush fruit and you have silky tannins and a lot of subtleties. Wow. Okay. So now I, the, the sub-regions, which this is probably me geeking out. Okay, well, geek out then. Okay, so you've got Gibston. Yes. Uh, now, is the highest sub-region. It's cooler climate and north-facing hillside vines ripen later than neighbouring sub-region, producing lighter, though still intense wine. So we've got Gibson Valley and it has Gibson, right? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. one sub-region. Okay, the next sub-region is Bannock, uh, Bannock Burn. Yes, heard of that it one. It is situated on the southern bank of Lake Dunstan. The vineyard occupies one of the warmest, driest sites in central Otago. Wine growing area. Harvest can be up to a month ahead of other sub-regions and the wine produced are known to be highly distinctive and complex. Mm -hmm. Now, Cromwell, which yes. is where Greg Hay... From uh, Wet Jacket Wines. From Wet, Wet Jacket yes. Wines. Yeah, he told us all about uh, why he uh, prefers Cromwell. Is a southern end of the large basin filled by Lake Dunstan and surrounded by three sides by spectacular mountains. A large amount of soil variability and microclimates between vineyards in this area are a draw card mm. showing different styles and characteristics of the wine. Now, Alexandra, this is uh, uh, the, probably the most southern uh, region, which is where two paddocks okay, wine, which is, which is Sam Neill as yep. uh, winery, the, the famous uh, Hollywood actor. The most southerly subregional incorporates vineyards in and around Clyde, Earnslow, and Alexandra. Spectacular schists, outcrops dominate the arid landscape and the wide air temperature diurnal variation produces vividly varietal, aromatic and, aromatic and finely structured wine. Mm. And then you've got Terrace and Terrace and Bendigo. It's situated on the north-west facing ridge at the junction of Cromwell and Lindis Valleys with more gentle slopes fanning out to the valley below. Vineyards planted on stony soils capture the extreme climate's hot summer, sun and cold, clear nights, producing intensely flavoured, well-structured wine. And then finally we've got Wanaka. <laughs> Wanaka. 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 Yeah, probably is Wanaka. Yeah. Um, the most northerly and due to its two lakes and proximity to the main divide also the most, the most temperate yeah. of the central Otago submarine is moderate climate produces delicate, precise, and detailed wines. Mm. So all, all these all these subregions have their own cellar doors. Okay, so this is central Otago. You've just gone through those regions, and you can see why the wines taste so different. Because even in this area, there's such a variety of um, terroir. So, Terroir, that's very good. <laughs> Leanne, terroir. Now, I know. I'm tell us what terroir is. Well, it's is. all the things that go in, into the area where, like, the, the soil and the winds and the rainfall and the yes. temperatures. The, and, you mean the climate. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you said all the things. I just didn't yeah, want to say yeah, climate. Yeah, yeah. So all the env um, environment things that uh, yes. you know, within and the what, environment. What, what yeah. I'll do is I'm going to put a map of central Otago wine region so you can see where this is. So, um, yeah, so check out the... Uh, the description uh, the, on the play you're listening to and go to the link to uh, episode 79 and uh, you'll see what we're talking about. Let's get to the fun stuff, all right? So we've, we've given everybody where we are, all about the why the 
wines are great, the regions and everything, but we want to talk about this particular wine hopper tour that, that we did. Now, we started talking about um, Andrew and how, you know, he gave us all the information and the map. And so we chose our first stop to be um, on our wine tour, the Gibson Valley Tavern. tavern. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, it's a, it's a Kiwi-style tavern in the heart of Gibson wine country. And just we didn't even, even know there was a tavern here. We've been to you know this area a few times. And so I think we were more fascinated with finding the pub and going there first, weren't we? Yeah, I just wanted a, a cleansing ale yeah. to start the the trip. Look, mm. it was it was really rustic, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. It was uh, basically what happens: the original tavern burned down, so they put two uh, shipping containers together, together, and then it's just got this <clears throat> a-frame uh, corrugated iron roof. Um, there's a beautiful, beautiful big open fire inside, mm. and then outside. Well, it's actually yeah. really rustic inside. You wouldn't know it's a um, shipping container, if, you know. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, and a nice little bar inside, and and yeah, you said the fire. Yeah, it's quaint. Yeah, but the fire is beautiful. But I mean, as you're walking up, you go through sort of the garden area, and there's all these beautiful outdoor tables and big trees, and the the they put a veranda around the outside of it, and a big covered sort of patio area where we sat, and um, yeah, just and big. Uh, the, uh, like a big, huge, what's that thing when they cook the pizza? Pizza oven. <laughs> yeah, wood-fired pizza oven. Yeah. It's actually outside. Yeah, that's mm. right. And, the, you know, we had a look at the menu and the menu was, um, you know, pretty much dominated by pizzas. Uh, the pizzas. And, like, it was a bit early for a, uh, a pizza, but uh, I what caught my eye was the prawn and mussel pizza. Yes, so yeah. their, their pizza was, uh, mm. menu is pretty 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 nice and you also said they had some really good um vegetarian and vegan options they do specialize in that yeah and yeah. um yeah look i look again we jagged it it was the most beautiful day. sunny day mm. the sky was amazing blue yeah. and you're just surrounded by bloody snow-capped no. mountains it's yeah. like seriously so it's, it's a great spot there to start and they also have like a gin tasting sort of little shed, but we didn't get, right. we didn't get into that. But they've got outdoor um, games for children, like big, um, uh, the giant size sort of, you know, and a and it's like a, a chess set and or not a domino set, that sort of stuff. You know, we're an area where kids yeah, can it's play. definitely kids, and they say puppy friendly. Okay, yeah, so, so it's a yeah. great spot to start. And so we had a. They they brew some of their own beer too. Yeah, yeah, they? we had, we had uh, they got a fairly substantial. Uh, menu for craft a local craft beers. Yeah. We had a couple of the craft beers, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was nice. Yeah. And luckily, that was our first. Well, that was our first stop, and um, our second stop was. Well, would you say maybe twenty meters? Well, I was going to say more like ten. <laughs> so um, yeah, so our first actual wine tasting was at Rockburn Stables, which Correct. is uh, once again. And old stables, it's corrugated iron, it's what you, you know, A frame, it's very rustic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so, look, that's open for, for, for seven days and it's open from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. Mm. Uh, look, the thing that really got me about um, Rockburn was the lady that helped us, yeah, Alex, yeah, Alex, and she was from France, and her passion for winemaking was just as obvious as her being so grateful for the opportunities that the management and winemaker, Malcolm Rees Francis, was offering her that she would, would take a years mm. more 
to um, have that opportunity in France that they were offering her here. Mm. She loved the place. She uh, she was fabulous. She'd give us all the information yes. uh, on the, the wine that we were tasting. And, yeah, I, I couldn't fault her. I thought she was great. So that was Alex. And what I'm going to do is uh, for each of these places that we're mentioning, I'm going to put a link to them in the in the show notes that go with this and also i've got photos of each of these so once again go to the podcast player you're listening on in the description click on the uh, link to episode 79 and you'll see the photos of this beautiful um uh, wine cellar door uh rockburn uh and how rustic it is now just one of the wines that rockburn is um one of their most well-known, famous is called, is their rosé. Do you remember that one? Yeah, 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 sure. And it's called Stolen Kiss. Yep. And um, I just saw this week because it's often hard to get a lot of these New Zealand wines in, in Australia, but it's now available in New South Wales and ACT at Superbarn. So if you're listening and you're one of those places, go and find a Stolen Kiss rosé from Rockburn Stables. You won't yep. be sorry. Now, all Rockburn wines are handpicked from their Parkburn and Gibson vineyards each site contributing fruit characteristics to reflect, to reflect their unique terroir. Mm. All wines exhibit strong varietal characteristics highlighted in white, white varieties by crisp acids. It is also apparent, like Burgundy, there are distinct appellations within Central Otago. To taste a Gibson Pinot Noir you experience is its perfumed nose typical violets and earthy forest floor sensations on the palate. Compare this with a low burn or park burn Pinot Noir with its darker colour and fuller, sweeter fruit. It is a distinct advantage to have vineyards in different appellations. So mm. really, we've if you haven't listened to the... Uh, podcast with on Wicker Jacket Wines with Greg Hay. Episode 78. Yeah. Um, he explains what the differences are between these because it's there, there's very little distance between these uh, vineyards. Wine growing regions. Uh, in, in and, and the regions, yeah. yeah. Um, but the distinctiveness in each of those regions, um, yeah. actually to, to quote uh, Elizabeth Snyder again, she says the purity of a central Otago wine or New Zealand wine, you know exactly uh, when you taste an essential Otago wine where it's from. Right. She's very good at that. So, yeah, we loved um, Rockburn um, Stables, the wines there. Yep. And then it was time for Andrew to pick us up and we moved on to our next stop. Our next stop was Kinross. And we took a recommendation to go to Kinross from Andrew. Yeah. Because Kinross actually uh, has five, they have their own wine, but they have so uh, four others, I think, that yeah. they, so, yeah. so you, can ta- you can have tastings from five different wineries in this one place. Mm-hmm. And when we got there, you know, I was, I really enjoyed it because straight away they've, they've come up to ask, do you want something to eat? And they, you know, and then the outdoor area where you sit, they've got these beautiful big leather lounges and an open fireplace and it's, it's open, but it's cozy. And I, I just thought it looked really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember the, the guy that, um, his name, but his name, great, but yeah. he did speak Spanish. So yeah, oh, did he? yeah. Okay. yeah. So, uh, you, uh, felt very at home straight away. And, this little place, uh, there's some lovely views as well. So um, back, if you turn around, you know, back from the fireplace, 
once again, there's the snow-capped mountains, there's all the vineyards, you know, all the lines of all the grapevines, and there's these beautiful timber seats with the big Kinross sign there as well. And they actually have little accommodation places at yeah, this. That's you know, right. So, so yep. you can actually stay. So I've got some really nice photos of this this vineyard. So yeah, go go to episode 79 and you'll see the, the photos. You'll get exactly what we're talking about. But this is a little bit different. Okay. So okay. Last... So the difference between, about this place is mm. it's it's it does present wines from um yeah, from coal pit. Yep. Uh, Hawkshead, yes. Valley, yes. Wild Irishman. Now, Wild Irishman uh, is the the guy that uh, has that Wild Irishman is also the guy from Gibston Valley. Yeah. So he said he's the only one stupid enough to have two wineries in Central Targo, and also there's Kinross wines. Now, yeah. there's different wine experiences here. There's um, because Obviously, you're, you've got five different wineries. Now, the first one, that what they call is the Classic Wine Experience, which is $25 per, per head, which is uh, for 40 minutes. Then you've got the Pinot Noir Experience, which is $45 per head, and that's a minimum of six people uh, to book this experience. Then you've got the Premium Central Otago Experience, which is $75. Uh, dollars per person minimum number of six people to book this experience wine advisor leads you on a journey into some of the hero varietals produced here exploring different sub-regions and producers uh, now so you can be going pretty in depth is what you're saying yeah pretty if that's much what yeah. you want to do okay now what we chose yes was the flight of fancy Flight of Fancy. Now, I'm going to put, um, you know, some information about this. It's a little, like when we first got it, Lyle rolled his eyes said, what the heck's this? It's a little, um, what do they say, be your own sommelier. Sommelier. Yeah, yeah, right, and let it, let your taste buds lead the way. So you, it's this little sort of graph and you start at the beginning and you have a, you've got to have an either or. So the first one's peanut slab or pineapple lump. And then you go Lord of the Rings or Flight of the Concords and you just follow the arrow to which one you choose. You know, some of them are like, um, Rugby World Cup, America's Cup, Sam Neill or Peter Jackson. And so, you know, there's probably 20 different ones that you choose and at the end you come up with a number and your flight is, is it either one, two, three, four or five. Yes. Yeah, I'm not sure how scientific it is. Oh, no, it's not at all, but it was fun. Yeah, it was. It was like it was. It was, uh, it was very, very unique. And so the, do you want to tell them what the different ones is or would you like me Yeah, to... okay. So basically... Yeah. So if you, you get to n- number one... Number one flight... Yes. Is rare salad and limited vintages, three wines, all red for $29. And that's called bucket list wines. That's, and then yeah. you've got uh, the Pinot Noir Road Trip. Number which is, two. Yeah, which is number two, which is $19. And these wines are from Wataki, Bannockburn, Bendigo, all Gibson wines. And they're 40 mil, you've got three wines at 40 mil pours for 19 yeah, bucks. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so it's three wines, all red wines. Mm-hmm. There's nothing like tasting a single variety side by side to truly reveal the different characters of each region. Um, it says a pilgrimage for Pinot Noir lovers that can't be missed. That's true. <laughs> then you've got 50 shades of Pinot Noir. Which number is, three. Yeah, yep. which is number three. It's 17 bucks. Yep. Uh, one great, three ways to enjoy it. So there's three wines. You get a sparkling wine, oh. a rosé, and one red. Right. So that's using the Pinot Noir grape. Yes. Then you've got the Journey Through Gibson, $19. New releases, three wines, one white and two reds. 
And this is the one I had. Yes, is the white shade of pale. Yeah, I did. Flight number five. Yes. Uh, which was 17 bucks. And that was a Riesling Fume, Fume Blanc, Pinot Gris, Sauv Blanc, or Chardonnay. So it's mm. just three. You choose three of those. Three of those. And I had the Fume Blanc and uh, I was pretty pre- impressed, really. Yeah, I thought that was a lot of fun. Yeah, oh, look, it was certainly unique. So, yeah. And um, I love the surroundings there, as I said. And so we did, well, I think we stayed a little bit extra time there because it was just, yeah, just such a nice place and a lot of fun to do that. And, and just it, how good is it for people to try something a bit different like that? Oh, look, I, yeah, look, the... Our initial, like, what is this, to actually this is really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, each of the wineries that we actually visited, they've all got their own unique um, yeah. experience. Yeah. yeah, so... And this was a really nice one I like. So that's Kinross, and that's a good one to visit, as I said, because they have wines from five different places. So, of course, you can you don't have to do any of that. You can just sit there and have... Um, they've got, like, a nice little menu... Uh, and you just have a glass of wine as well, which there were quite a few people doing that as well, wasn't there? Yep. Okay. So Andrew comes back. We hop back on the bus. You know, we're having a wonderful time, and we then head to uh, Mount Rosa or Rosa, Rosa. I think probably Rosa. Okay. Yeah. The thing that stands out from this place for me, um, and you've got to see the photos of this, are the the sculptures. I guess you'd call them. Um, outdoors they're great big rams and sheep aren't they like and they're probably three times normal size sheep and they're made just made out of uh sticks Mm. yeah and they're fascinating yeah well originally it was a sheep farm yes and um the 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 owners there they yeah bought it with another couple and they realized that i think the price of wool at that particular time went down so they then decided to um uh to plant some grapes. Now, yeah. um, it's Guy and Anne Boanis. Um, they're, now, they've been there since 1998 and they're still there. Um, Once again, though, it's a, a corrugated iron shed. Yeah. Uh, or it's not really a shed. This is a bit more of a bit more substantial structure. And when we arrived, they were, they were filming a TV show. Remember? Yeah, that was uh, for Europe. Yeah. Yeah, European. It was, it was like a food a show. Food show, yeah. So, but look again, the backdrop. Yeah. It's just amazing. And it was getting a bit cooler by this, this stage. Okay. It was in the afternoon. So it's a, a relaxed rural setting nestled amidst rows of wine, vines, yeah. surrounded by mountains and hillsides, dotted with wild herbs and dramatic mountain landscape landscape yeah it was it is what you'll experience at mount rosa yeah a roaring fire a a roaring fire to keep you toasty in the winter months and a snowy courtyard to catch the rays in summer i i thought the thing that stood out to me about this was the staff yeah they were lovely well they're staff everywhere but they they obviously have some tables that they really look after and they were so friendly and so helpful. She, I mean, this is how helpful they were. She even taught me into having a mulled wine. She did. She did. <laughs> I didn't yeah. mind it. I'm not a big mulled wine fan, but she assured me that it's the best in all central Otago. And like, how can you say no? Say no to that. So, um, um, well, I did. I did enjoy that. And um, there's, uh, there's, there's the Baz, the uh, the, uh, the wiry little terrier. I think he went missing. Like he goes wandering, and you know, someone always brings him back. Yeah, you know. well, apparently they have a, a wine dog uh, annual calendar calendar that comes out. And, oh, he's uh, famous, is he? Yeah, and Baz is uh, pretty famous on that, and he's listed as an, an Alsatian. And um, <laughs> what? He's yeah, he's listed as being an Alsatian. 
guy, the owner, actually said that he had to sling him 20 bucks to put that in because he tells some of um, the his guests that, you know, that he is an Alsatian. They look at him a little <laughs> bit weird. So that's obviously Guy's sense of humour. That's weird. Look, you enjoy five different varieties all grown on site at the vineyard. In a tasting, yeah. Yeah. Um, choose to taste all varietals or focus just on our special Pinot Noir, on, on their best, special. Yeah. It's $20 per person. Tasting fees waived upon the purchase of two or more bottles of wine. Yeah. Now, we, we chose just to have a glass of wine. And the mulled wine, we didn't do the tasting. No, that's right. Yeah. Well, we were getting a bit um, tired, yeah. I think. <laughs> um, now, the the other thing about um, Mount, Rosa. Mount Rosa is they do, their menu is basically platters. platters yeah. yeah. Now, one of the things Andrew does, he says, you know, like, where, tell me where you'd make, like to have food because I can, you need to book for some of them or we can prearrange it. And this is one of those ones if you want a, you know, a, a platter, um, then let me know and he'll he'll organise it ahead of time, which is really helpful because they some of them are quite substantial, aren't they? Yeah. Well, we when we were sitting there and the and the boards were coming out, they yeah. looked spectacular. They, they really did. really did. So you can get small, sorry, small boards. Yep. Um, and that's um, bread, dacau, and hummus platter for fifteen. Chicken truffle and mushroom parfait for twenty. Then you can go to the large boards and then you can go to the Valley Platter, which mm. is um, 75 bucks. Now, I wasn't going to go through all the platters, but it, I have to for this because it sounds spectacular. A selection of local cheeses, hot smoked salmon, garden greens, beetroot relish. Stop, got me there. I knew that. As soon as there's beetroot relish, I'm in. Hummus yep. with dacau and olive oil. Dacau. Beetroot, hummus, pickles, Sicilian olives, right. truffle there. and mushroom parfait, mm. dried fruit, toasted walnuts, sour and Turkish bread. So sour down Turkish bread, yeah. Yeah, so, so yeah. that's their thing. That's their, their unique offering mm. yeah. uh, is the uh, the platters. And seriously, we were looking at them, at, you know, on, on all the tables around us and they did look. Pretty spectacular. So, yeah, once again, go on the podcast playlist thing on, go to the um, podcast description and the link to episode 79 will be there and you'll see uh, photos uh, of Mount Rossa and we'll put links to all these wineries that we're talking about. Hey, yeah. And then it was time to move on to our our last little vineyard of the day. So our last little uh, vineyard of the day was not really a vineyard. A last adventure. Yes, uh, a, a part of this, the wine hopper. Uh, was a little place called the church, and it's called the church because it is a church, right? Correct. Uh, yeah. And it was moved here, wasn't it? Yeah, the church was moved here in two thousand, in one piece from the small South Island town of Wangala. Mm. The church was built in eighteen ninety four and was originally used as a Presbyterian church and town hall. Look, I uh, did read all about the history and how they moved it and that sort of thing. And it, it, to be honest, that intrigued me, just the yeah. way they renovated and how they renovated and what they had to go through. So that that's on their website. It's, you know, probably wor- worth a, uh, a read. Um, well, I'll, as I said, I'll put a link to that. Now, the when you arrive here, this is probably our second or third time we've been to this little place. And, and we chose to go there because we just knew, knew it was so um, picturesque and... As you walk in, there's this beautiful path which is lined with uh, lavender 
um, hedge all the way along and then you arrive at the church and you can sit outside they've got it's a they've got lots of grassed area uh, where you can sit and it's they've also got a veranda outside the church that you can sit or you can even go inside the church if, if you need to now Andrew did say that they he goes here quite often with um, his family because it's just a great spot for the kids as well you know like you know those huge grass sort of area where they can run around and play so it's I think it's just a really nice spot to go it's also I think another reason we want to go is there's a show we've been watching called Under the Vines which is all about um, a drama you know all, all set in central Otago really about um, winery and they have this the church actually appears in that show, doesn't it? Yeah, it's featured in the first series. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that that's pretty cool, and it's the first change. It sort of changes hands a little bit. Like the first time we went, it was it had um, a wine tasting, and then it changed to a um, a brewery. Yeah. And then when we were there, we were lucky enough that it was there the cellar door for Mount Edward wines. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah. So we got to taste some of those, which I I'd never had before as well. So. Um, and a lovely American lady that's now moved uh, here and is, is running the, the church. Yeah, I think she leases it. So yeah, yeah. Look, and I, they have food there as well. Yeah, I, I've got to tell you, we had the, I would suggest the best uh, chips. Yeah, hot chips. Hot chips I've ever tasted. <laughs> I think there was uh, yeah double blanched, and uh, yeah, they were beautiful. Yeah, we we just felt like something to eat. Yeah, by know, then, and by that stage, just we, something light because we did have something to eat also at uh, Mount Rossa. Okay, we did. Yeah, yeah I, I can remember. I can still taste the hot smoked salmon. It was very very nice. Uh, but this this is one of my little favourite places because it is so picturesque. And once again, you're sitting there and you're looking at the snow capped mountains and. You're surrounded by green um, pasture. It's just, yeah, a beautiful little spot. Yeah, the setting, the actual setting in this place is probably as good as it gets. Yeah, and once again, go and check out uh, episode 79. I've got pictures uh, of, of this beautiful one. So then Andrew picked us up and, uh, oh, dropped us home. But I actually wanted to mention, sorry, go back to, I didn't finish at Mount Rossa. We actually ran into people there that were doing an e-bike tour. That's right. Right. Yeah. And so they got on their bikes at Arrow Town. Yeah. And you can just basically ride until you don't want to ride anymore and you stop at whatever winery you like and they come and get your bike so you yeah. don't have to ride back. So there's and so you must text them or something. Yeah, I guess so. But the thing I that, that I wanted to mention is these bike tracks, you're not on the roads. So they've actually got a separate. Yeah, it's a trail. Trail, right? Yeah. So it's safe. And you can walk as as well. So yeah, as, and there's different ones. So there's not just that one. The nine Lyle's looking at me like I'm an idiot. Like there's no, not I'm just not. that. Yes, you are. There's I'm not just, just that. I'm just trying to work out why whether or not you're trying to convince me to do well, a bike I'll do, tour. I'll do it by myself. Don't you worry. You, but I'm just there's different um, lengths and different paths and, and tracks that you can take not just the one that we mentioned earlier that was that was my point and these people were having it was a mum and dad and their grown-up daughters and they were having a wonderful day weren't they yeah okay so Andrew picks us up from the church and we had uh obviously we actually he was really nice he stopped at Lake Hayes yeah um because I we'd driven past that a few times and I just really wanted to stop it was a bit late and it was quite cloudy by then so it was a quite a moody I know you make fun of me for using that word too but 
was quite beautiful seeing at a different time of day. And, and oh, yeah, look, the reflection of the snow-capped mountains yeah. on the actual lake. Yeah, so Lake Hayes yeah, is another Yeah, it was pretty impressive. Another spot that you, you certainly should visit. So, so yeah, we, we love that wine hopper tour, and so check out the link to that in the show notes. Uh, Can you remember how much it was? It was only about 75 yeah, bucks yeah, for the day. Was, yeah, it was cheap. Yeah, but they also do the the more, the more private and guided tours as well. So you know, oh, okay. they've, they've okay. got those options if that's what you want. Because we have done those in the past and we enjoyed those as well. Sure. Um, now, one of the wineries that I did want to talk about is a couple more that we've we've been to that we've done on other days. And the first one is Amosfield. Now, most people have heard of Amosfield. You know, it's very well known. It's won all these awards and things. But the thing that's really cool about um, getting to Amersfield is you can hop on the local bus right in the main area of Queenstown and it's two dollars each way and it'll it has a bus stop there's a bus stop at Amersfield so you just hop off there and do your wine tasting have your meal whatever you want to do and then you can you know time it when the bus is coming back and it picks you up and drops you it's only about 15 minutes bus ride isn't it yeah it's not far but you don't you have to have that b card well you can pay with another card but if you've got the b card it's cheaper so yeah yeah it's yeah so i couldn't believe it like value for money right <laughs> to four bus return like and, it was and crazy. there's another winery about um 500 meters up the road called mora which is a very famous one as well we didn't go there but you could do the same you could hop off there and it's you know book for lunch that sort of stuff and i'd certainly suggest that if you're going to go to amersfield you, you book for a meal because sure. um anyway the you're going to tell us a bit about the, the wine tastings and things you can do there. But I've got some beautiful photos of the outside of Amersfield because we got a glass of wine and went outside and it there's this beautiful long fountain pool area and then there's the there's like a big tractor on the paddocks with the, uh, the vines behind it and, of course, the snow-capped mountains. And then they've got these two little gorgeous uh glass tasting um room not tasting capsules rooms. uh yeah like little cubby houses really with a table in them so if it's cold or wet or you know you can actually sit inside those and still have the views They're, yeah so that was i thought they were gorgeous yeah, yeah look at uh it's the tastings of from monday to sunday 10 a.m to 6 p.m it's located on 10 lake hayes road only a really short drive from arrow town it's also a local bus trip, as Leanne said. Yeah. There's a lot of very special. There's a lot very special about Amersfield. Yes. It's spectacular views surrounded by snow-capped mountains. As I said, yeah. They are reflected by the crystal clear waters of Lake Hayes. Yes. The exterior of the building is impressive. Um, it's like May. Uh, it's built stone. with a stone, yes. and it, like seriously, it's impressive. Uh, the, yeah, the interior is modern yet yeah. warm. The yeah, restaurant menu is unique and highly recommended by locals and the wine quality is unquestionable. Lunch and dinner offer multi-course degustation menu that promises an exciting seasonal exploration of regional flavours. Now, it has won the Cuisine Good Food Award Restaurant of the Year for 2023. Yeah, okay. Okay, it's also won the New Zealand Organic Wine Award Sustainable Winery of the Year for 2023. The tasting is a $25 per person for up to five wines, um, but that's, this is waived also if you buy two bottles of wine. Mm. Look, it's seriously, uh, Amersfield is pretty special. Yeah, yeah. I remember we went to a restaurant in Queenstown and they said, have you tried the... 
um, atmosphere Pinot Noir, like new, um, but I want to have it every day now. <laughs> well, I think one of the things that uh, you can get at, uh, at Dan Murphy's uh, here uh, in, in Queensland, yeah. yeah, in Australia. It's it's pretty pretty widely distributed atmosphere. Mm. It's not cheap, no, but um, we want to treat yourself. Yeah, it? if we want to have a give ourselves a bit of a special treat, we quite often will get an atmosphere, and they're Sav Blanc. It's nice, yeah, as well. and the Penny Gris. Yeah. Well, now we're going to go on and yeah, on and yeah, on. But yeah, go. look, it is. It's beautiful. Good thing it's wine. only nine o'clock in the morning when, yeah, we, yeah. when we're doing this, so we might yeah have to have a tasting so so that's Amersfield you know and I just think get you know if you don't have a car and you don't want to do a tour or you just want to go out for lunch you can hop on that bus in Queenstown and it's so easy yeah yeah one of the things I sort of want to clear up now because I you know people might be a little bit confused we talk about Gibston um, Valley as part of one of the regions um, of Otago of Central Otago right which is where we are but there is also a uh, vineyard, a winery, cellar door called Gibson Valley, isn't it? Yeah, yeah the winery so, is yeah. home to the region's oldest vineyards, yes. New Zealand's largest wine cave and a bistro-style restaurant and cellar door. Now, we did a uh, wine tour to this beautiful winery, didn't we? Yeah, and, we did a private one, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. And although, well, there was a couple of others with us, and, but this is a, a place that you would, you just don't want to stop for an hour. You'd want to go and have have they do the boards as well or a nice lunch yeah yes. well with the two actually we booked included lunch so uh, and they do a tour of the wine cave which yeah. is pretty impressive isn't it well they do three specific different types of tours there's yeah. a wine cave tour um which includes three wine tastings and it's 25 dollars per person duration 30 minutes um then there's a wine tour winery tour which is a tour of the vineyard wine making process uh, and inside the wine cave includes four premium tastings, thirty-eight dollars per person. That's the one we did. Yeah, and then there's the wine and cheese tour. Mm. Uh, the incredible intricacies of wine and cheese pairing is explained. Includes three wines and five cheese ta- cheese tastings, and it's fifty dollars per head. Um, and it, uh, you've got to book it. It's at two p.m. only. Yeah, so, so we did the the cave tour, and I've got a lovely picture of at the beginning of the cave, and it's you know like you don't know how you look at it, and you think how far in does this cave go? It's just and it's lined with barrels and barrels and barrels of wine. So it's and then you go right down towards the end, and there's like a a big sort of open room where you do wine tasting. Yeah, I think um, we saw a lot uh, a lot more in. Uh, Europe of the wine caves it's a mm. it's a big thing there because obviously here it keeps the temperature yeah. at uh, a fairly regular uh, temperature so but this was impressive oh look it was beautiful it's the only one we've seen in New Zealand sure yeah. it's the only one we've seen in Australia actually <laughs> right. yeah. or, or New Zealand yeah so. and when we were there um, there was a helicopter land and so that's uh, pretty because it's sort of a bit more upmarket, I guess, they, they, the, the wine and the, not the wine, but the food, the experience they have at this winery. It's not quite as casual as sitting there with the dog and, you know, like getting mulled wine and that sort of stuff. They've marketed a little bit more sophisticated. And it's one of those places that, you know, you can have the experience where you can fly in and, and do, you know, a private 
you can do the private cheese or the private um, cave tour as well. So well, there's also a combination there. Right. And yeah. also they've got their own, um, what would you call it? It's like a golf club. It's a nine-course uh, uh, golf country course. club. Country club. That yes. was, that's the word. And they're developing that even more at yeah. the moment, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. they're actually, I think they're selling off some of the land to, um, for retirement villages. Uh, okay. Accommodation anyway. Yeah. And, and as you said earlier in the podcast, this is where they, they start their, they've got like their own bike tour. So everything you want basically have, comes from, you can do it, Gibston Valley Wines. Yeah. 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 And it's well known in, in the area, of course. And I remember also first tasting their Pinot Noir and I was pretty blown away by that. Well, yeah, that was probably the first time we actually did have a, a central Otago Pinot Noir and it was like blazing You remember that guy, up. it was at um, the Captain restaurant, I remember it, right, in in yeah, the, yeah, yeah. He was the one that said, "Have you been? Have you tried to give some value?" That's right. That's that's right. That's yeah. right. You did, that's absolutely correct. Yeah. And then we didn't realise that Trapper and Anna Our actually, friend. yeah, owned the captain's table and, and yeah. renovated it. Yeah, so. that's true. That's yeah. So that was um. So that's another winery that you you know you probably could do on a wine tour, but it's worth taking a couple of hours to go there and, and at least go into the cave and try some of the cheeses or even have a meal because they've got a lovely big indoor area but they've all it's sort of got a lovely courtyard as well so if it's a nice day you you know you're quite sheltered from winds and stuff and it's it's just a lovely atmosphere and a, and a beautiful winery there at Gibson Valley Wines yeah yeah look I think anywhere um to have lunch in this area the food's going to be spectacular and whether it be Amersfield for the degustation, Gibston mm. uh, Valley Winery. Then we got recommended to go that Moira. Moira, yeah. Moira. That but was uh, sure. real. Re those two or ladies, the, they really recommended the it. The platter at Mount Rosa. Yeah, and then or you could go into Arrowtown. Yeah. And seriously, or the Woodfire Pizza at the Tavern. There's yeah. just so many options. Yeah, and it's all fabulous. It is. But we couldn't um, finish a wine podcast uh, if we didn't mention Wet Jacket Wines now. If you haven't listened to episode 78, we've done a whole podcast about wet jacket wines. And and the reason we done that is we spoke to the owner and the uh, creator of wet jacket wines and there's a whole story about Greg Hay and how he's into his um, conservation and, and where the wet jacket name came from. And it's a fascinating story. And, and then his winemaking philosophy. But if you want um, to try some absolutely spectacular wine, you need to go to wet jacket wines. Now, it um now its uh, tasting rooms are at the Frankton Marina so they're actually floating on the water which is is I guess like a good um combination with the name of the wine right yep. and you sit there and you look out over Lake Wakatipu over to the Remarkables which are always got snow on them that was summer and, and winter and it's just the most glorious spot to uh, have have a glass of wine and if you like Pinot Gris, this is the one for you, wet jacket wines, yeah? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, he, uh, Greg's philosophy is uh, horses for courses for yeah. his, the great varieties. So he's more into almost like um, it's a recipe. Yes, a little uh, bit of this, a, a little, little bit, bit of that, of that and uh, to create uh, rather than just the one estate of mm. wines, he actually goes out and sources the best, sources the best of the grapes that are available depending on the season or the mm. climate and all that sort of thing. And I would say that uh, Wet Jacket is mm. exceptional. 
and you can you don't want to drive to wet jacket wines you could always grab a taxi from queenstown it's not that far but what we did is we got the water taxi and you can hop on that right there in the main uh lake area in queenstown i think it's 10 bucks on your on your b card once again and you uh it's not even a, it's a 10 minute ride and you go uh, maybe a bit more but the ride out there you know across that main sort of bay of queenstown across lake wakatu tipu and you go around the headland where the botanic gardens are and and then as you come around the the remarkables are there the you know, it's just the most beautiful view isn't it yeah and then you pass it is it kelvin heights the yep. the actual yeah. um uh that suburb of queenstown so yeah, yeah. So, so check out the- wet jacket wines and as i said i'm going to put a link to all the wineries in the show notes. So go to the podcast player on, go to the description of this episode 79 and click on the link and there'll be in the link, there'll be a map of the wine region, links to the um, the wineries we've talked about, photos of the wineries we've been to and also the tour that we did and some of, and some of the bike tours that you can do. So there's a whole page of information There'll be, and there's also an interactive map of each of the wineries so you can see them um as as well where we went so lots of great information there hey yeah yeah so one of our favorite things to do yeah and i think um throughout that whole wine tour i don't think there was a wine that was disappointing no well there never usually is is there no but it was like exceptional yeah perfect wines so okay then which where was your fa- oh this is a bit oh. oh sorry to anyone that we don't include but it's probably more to do with the timing of the day and um more than and the views rather more than the wine <laughs> so um i'm just gonna put that out there because i don't want to offend anybody no no i get i get what you're saying mm. um i gotta go wet jacket okay yeah. i know can you look at me as that to say you yeah prick <laughs> because Be, you, sorry uh because you probably would have picked that too but yeah look it was because it's so different it's on the water yeah so and and of course the wine goes yeah well I, I i was thinking amersfield but you Ooh, know yeah amersfield's damn good yeah but they they get all the you know the um notif- not the notification they get all the glory that they need and gibston valley wines they do as well you know, I, I think, um, look, I love Mount Rosa because of, the, you know, the staff and the, you know, all that fun stuff there. Um, I reckon I, I know where you're I loved, go. I loved um, Rockburn because I'm not really a rosé girl, but that stolen kiss was, was really nice. Um, and Alex was lovely. Yeah, she was lovely. And, you know, like I, I love Kinross because I, I thought the way they did their wine tasting was was wonderful. So, um, yes, I'm I'm going to give them all five stars. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Well yeah. done, Leonardo. You know what? Oh, well, you got out of that if really I, well. If I was in a, a wine shop and I saw wines from any of the ones we've been to, yeah. I'd pick, like, I, I would pick them over anything else because they, they're just, they're all so nice. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for your insight into the terroir. Terroir, yeah. (laughs) All right. Well, we'll see you next time or next podcast. Well, we've got a few things coming up that we're still in New New Zealand. Um, And we've got some exciting things coming up in the next couple of podcasts. So look forward to those. Mm, Yes. It's goodbye from him. And goodbye from her. (laughs) 